Hello and welcome to Backstage With, a new series of podcasts where I, Kiara Lari, take you on a journey discovering backstage roles in theatre. So I've got another very exciting guest today. Please, would you introduce yourself and your role? So um, my name's Alex Firth and I'm part of the automation team here at Aladdin in London. And what does that mean? Um, the automation department look after the mechanical and um, electrical systems that and make some of the pieces of scenery move, whether that's on their own or just helping them along the way because they're very heavy. So instead of uh, us using lots of crew to move, let's say, a piece of set, or for us to use an old-fashioned counterweight set to bring it in, uh, we'd use a motor to do it instead. And we look after the motors, we look after the control system, and then the scenery that's attached to it, basically. So you're saying... Things like motors and massive scenery bits. Yep. <laughs> I'm assuming that means bringing in a mystery object was probably a little hard. Yeah, so we were we wanted to bring you uh, our, one of our desks that we use to operate the show, uh, but they're all fixed, uh, so they stay in the basement where we um we operate the show from. Um, so we have a desk in the roof uh, at Aladdin, and we have a desk downstairs, and each desk operates sort of half of the show. So we have lots and lots of uh, equipment built into our floor and we have lots of equipment built into the roof space. So we can uh, lower bits of scenery in from the roof and we can bring stuff up through the floor. Um, we can bring stuff up from the sides of the stage as well. And that's all controlled through those desks. But everything we use is a bit bigger than we can carry easily. Yeah. So. so these desks, like what, what does it have on it? So we have, um, they're basically big computers. So we have two computer screens, uh, which are touch screens. And then all of the information that um, we, we use during the show is on those screens. So it shows us what each piece of set is and where it is currently. And then on the desk itself, we have a couple of buttons. We have um, start buttons, we have stop buttons, emergency stop buttons and um, things like that. So we can start off a cue sequence when we're told by stage management or stop something if we need to. What is a day in the life of someone working on the automation team? So for a, a standard day like today, when we've only got one show, uh, we start arriving at about four o'clock. So just before 4 p.m. we arrive and then we uh, do our automation checks, uh, which take about an hour. So for those checks, we move every bit of scenery or, uh, or piece of equipment that we use uh, throughout the show and we run it its full length of travel so if it comes all the way from the roof to the floor then we'll run it all the way from the roof to the floor at the fastest speed we use it during the show just to make sure it's safely running there's nothing wrong with it and that it's ready to use for the show um, if we do find that there's something wrong with it or there, it, there's a different noise to normal then we'll look at it and we'll fix it before it gets worse so that's what we do um, between four and five then we we take a little break um, before the show while the cast warm up on the stage and then at about 6.30 we do what we call drop-in which is where we bring all the scenery onto the stage or from the roof or the wings and we set up the first um, scene that everyone sees when the show starts. We bring the front cloth in ready for front of house to then open up basically so that the cast and the uh, audience can come on to, uh, into the auditorium and have a look really interesting so these are all the things you have to do in a day in the life of automation yeah but these things have to do with obviously everything else working in the show yeah i just would wonder or i want to know how you work with the other departments backstage and how you guys 
can I work together to make everything run smoothly? We, we look after the equipment and stuff for, for our own department, but we take our cues and uh, our instructions from uh, our deputy stage manager. So she's calling the show every night. So uh, when she gives us our auto desk or auto flies cues, then we will trigger them off uh, to her. And we're there mainly on the night during the evenings to, to make sure everything's running safe and that the cast aren't somewhere that they're not meant to be. So if we have a piece of scenery coming in that we're just making, we're watching from both wings and from our desks to make sure that no one stood under it, basically. So along with stage management, we, we sort of maintain safety during the evenings. So it's sort of a two-part role from that point of view. Yeah, so clearly communications like like pertinent, very important, necessary yeah. uh, to all this, as well as with the actors who are saying kind of like safety, so they have to be where they need to be. So you must like work through that in the rehearsal process and everything and just like make sure no one gets hit in the head by something. Yeah, so um, we have, um, we have a very, we're very strict on what we say. Um, like we give uh, either, we give a clear, so we will physically say clear for this piece of scenery. So we'll say, clear for the palace gates in or so the operator knows what's coming in we talk over a, a communication system which we call comms um, and that enables everyone who's on stage who has a set of comms on um, to hear what's going on so even if they're not looking at what's going on or they're not next to one of our operators they can hear that a piece of scenery is moving okay lovely uh, I wanted to ask as well how particularly you got into automation and what it's like, um, what the journey, basically what the journey was getting to where you are now. I, I got into automation a little bit by accident. I, I went to drama school to study, uh, well, study everything, but mainly concentrate in lighting and realize there's a lot of lighting people out there. So I did a bit of work experience in different shows. And then um, one of the shows offered me some depth debt work which is where you go in and cover for someone who's on holiday so I did some work experience with them started depping that show and then ended up just sort of making a, a career out of it you sort of bounce around the west end doing these different shows doing one night here and there or a week's run or so on and then you can go into full-time roles or you can do what we call freelancing which is where you pick little contracts for different amounts of time so that's that's sort of how I went into it. You pick up a lot of what you learn on the job. Um, it's quite hard to learn it in a classroom or without actually having the gear or the equipment. And every show is set up differently. Every system is slightly different. They've all got the same characteristics and they do the same fun. They provide the same function, but the the inner workings of how the cabling works or how the motors are working or what problems, every, every theatre is different. So would you say that a degree is necessary? Like, do you need to have I, a degree or could I, you just do the work experience? Yourself? I don't think, like, a degree is, is useful, but it's not necessary. There's different ways of training in, I think, in every role in uh, our industry. And you can go straight into it and work your way up through different departments or you can go and learn it somewhere like a drama school or a university. Um, it, it's a hard thing because there's there's different, de not different degrees as it were, but there's different methods to learning and everyone's, each method suits different people different ways. The drama school university way sort of suited me, but I learned very physically as well. So actually learning on the shows and 
that way I learned a lot faster and a lot quicker um, than I did in a classroom or, or doing shows at, at university. But yeah, I don't think a degree is necessary. Interesting. So I've heard from people kind of a similar in a similar backstage field job environment that a way for someone who has maybe just they they want to dabble in it. They want to see if it's the thing that's for them and try something, um, give it a shot, basically. Mm-hmm. Is there like something they can do before committing to studying it or committing to an official contracted job? Like, yeah. what's like a little thing they can do specifically in automation that's going to... For like. for automation, uh, you could do you can contact the different um, shows around on tour and around the West End and see if they could provide um, work experience. Sometimes it's not possible just due to the age of uh, whoever's applying, but we can usually we can usually try and work something out. So work experience is a great way of just discovering different departments or just seeing what the goings on backstage are. You could also look at doing uh, this some short courses different universities and different drama schools um, do where you can do a week in a certain department to try and learn more about it and you can try different things there or the National Theatre also do um, some classes like that as well I think. That's really interesting that's a great great thing to know especially because the National Theatre does a lot for outreach and young people so I want to know why why automation like what was it about automation that you were like this is it this is what I'm going to do. So for for me, it was a, a mix of sort of uh, running a show plus the the maintenance and the the fixing stuff. Um, I, I've always been quite uh, physical with my hands, and I, I like doing stuff. I don't like sitting around playing with computers and things. So this is sort of the the ideal mix between. We do a lot of stuff with the computers. Our system is uh, automated, so it is computerized, but. The, the winches, the motors, the, the pieces of set also require physical maintenance. So it's not unusual for us to come out covered in oil or grease on our arms and our hands on a maintenance day. There's also a lot of problem solving. So we get gremlins in the system sometimes. So we do have to problem solve quite a lot. And that's good fun. I think that's what drew me to it is the sort of difference. Yeah, you're running a, a show in the West End or on tour or wherever you may be. Um, but there's a sort of a slightly different element to it. Yeah, so it's really hands-on. It does take a lot of problem solving and you get to use technology, use your brain, but it's also using your hands and being physical. So it's yeah. never one one or the other too much. I wonder, I'm curious about how automation might differ, or how automation is within a theater theater show and like a TV musical or something like that. With, yeah. um, do you know anything so about we, that? Um, so the, for theatres, we um, there's a lot of planning in advance. There's a lot of planning in advance for a lot of the stuff in events around the world. Um, the the equipment and the software and the the basic idea stays the same no matter whether you're in a theatre or in a, a TV studio or in a, a live event. So let's say the Olympics or um, something along those lines. Um, it's just the the scale of it. So for the Olympics, the the winches or the motors might be 10 times the size of the ones here um, we use here at Aladdin. Uh, they still do the same job. They still move at the same speed. Uh, they might still lift the same amount of stuff, but um, everything's sort of catered for that environment. Um, a lot of the, we're seeing a lot of um, live music tours have a lot of automation in now. Uh, there's stuff like Marvel's Avengers that's touring arenas and things like that. So that's got automation in it and obviously a lot of 
theatre now has automation in it. So That's amazing. So within automation, you can work within theatre, live theatre. You can also do kind of like music events or like yep. live events like the Olympics. That, that's huge. So it shows that there's so many different types of jobs that are within automation that you can do, which is, I think, something very exciting as well. So what is automation like specifically with Aladdin? So the team here is quite large. We're, there's five of us uh, in total. It takes four of us to run the show for automation. So we have uh, two operators. So we have an operator upstairs in our, our roof, which is what we call the grid. Um, it's the top of the, the theater. And then we have an operator in the basement. Um, and then we have uh, two spotters, as it were. So that they do a plot, uh, which is basically their show cues. They do their show cues each night and there's one stage left and one stage right. So they look after the stage, they make sure all the scenery's um, been put in the correct places or uh, locked into our tracks or our motors as it's required. And then our operators are looking after the system and operating that system to what stage management ask us to do. So we there's always there's normally someone either on holiday or someone's ill, so that's why we've got five of us. And what are some special automation features here specifically? Uh, so we have uh, quite a lot of uh, wireless equipment. During the first couple of scenes, we're in the marketplaces or Arabian Nights. We have um, some wireless buildings, so they um, they're completely battery powered, and then they work off the same um, signals and stuff that your internet does at home. Um, so they're quite cool and they're different and they're quite heavy as well. Some of them weigh up to about a ton and a half or two tons, wow. so about the same as a Mini Cooper. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> so we, we have them quite, uh, we also have a lot of flown items in our roof. So we've got um, palace gates and sliders and all sorts. So each of the scenes has loads of different elements that makes up those scenes. To get it as close to what you see from the childhood movie you were watching as a kid to a live theater, like actual objects, you know, things flying, the, the lamp, the genie and everything. I think that's huge because this is something that, you know, impacts as well. Like kids, like seeing yeah. something that is like you think it's real magic. So I think you guys, I guess, are making magic, you know? Yeah, we do. And we do have, there is a lot of magic on this show. Um, a lot of Disney magic. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, we look after basically any of the, the big scenic stuff, anything that's too heavy to move by hand. So it, it makes life a lot easier. It also makes things slightly slicker. Um, we can time everything precisely, very, very accurately. Um, at the same time, the old way, so counterweight flying and stuff, we, we have a lot of that in the show as well still. And that is done by uh, people up in our on the fly floor. So both there are the benefits to both methods. Um, and I don't think we'll see either method take priority. There's there's always going to be a mix of both. Is there anything we could kind of maybe look forward to? Like any there's a lot of magic is becoming more a lot easier. The the really interesting thing is that all the methods that we use in theatre seem to be the same as they were in the 18th century, the 19th and 20th centuries. And the difference is that instead of using people to power something, we're starting to use motors. So we, everything is uh, becoming smaller, it's becoming faster, we can uh, do different things. And it means that any idea that a, a designer or a director or e anyone comes up with, we can make happen in one way or another. 
in terms of our equipment, it's becoming smaller and lighter. We're seeing a lot more things like touchscreens and less buttons, as it were. It's slowly developing as new stuff comes along. So another question to ask you, what are the pros and cons, the bests and the most challenging things about the job? So uh, the pros are probably, well, we nothing's ever the same on the show. Um, we, what you may see front of house or from the audience's point of view uh, will look the same each night or that's, that's our plan and that's the idea. From a backstage point of view, something's always slightly different. The cons of our, our particular role are that we get gremlins, mechanical issues or things change or uh, something stretches over time. It's stuff that we can't predict that will happen. Uh, we do... Uh, what we call preventative maintenance. So that's every week on a Friday, we come in at 10 o'clock in the morning and work through till 4 p.m. just before we get ready for the show. And we look after the equipment. So we uh, grease things up or we uh, swap parts out or we replace cables, whatever is needed um, to keep the show running. The stuff that goes wrong each day or every couple of weeks that we can't predict that's the the bad things but that's also the interesting bit it's it's the stuff that we like to solve and get running ready for the audience to come in that night yeah that's like what you were saying before about problem solving so mm. it's it's keeping you fresh keeping you on your toes it doesn't ever get like complacent or or boring which in itself is a pretty good thing so yeah yeah it's it's nice to have a busy show um some weeks we do have to work a lot of hours. Uh, some weeks are slightly easier for us. Um, you never, you're never quite sure what's going to occur, which is nice. It's a nice feeling, um, but it is it's part of working on such a heavily automated show. So, what other shows have you worked on in the past? Uh, so, I've depth on quite a few other shows. So, um, Miss I've Gone, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, um, things like that. In mostly in the West End. And then full-time-wise, I've worked on Wind of the Willows and then this. I, I tend to freelance or uh, dep about. I don't tend to sit in one place. Okay, so tell me more about that. How does it work, freelancing and automation? So uh, we tend to work for a couple of... Uh, there's a couple of different companies or people um, and you get employed by the show or those people to come in and set up a show and get it running or you could be brought in to fix an, a particular issue um, there's there's so many different ways you can freelance and different areas you can freelance in as well um, a lot of people tend to do uh, touring stuff so they'll go out and do the one-off concerts or set things up for the manufacturers um, so it's it's quite a flexible thing um, you're never quite sure what you're going to be working on week by week, which is nice. Okay, so is that kind of like you have someone above you working kind of like an agent placing you into jobs, or is it more of like a you know people and they call you up and they say, hey... It's it's more a case of you know people, so you, you get used to um, who you're working with and you sort of work in the same team or all the time, or there might be, there's a couple of companies that provide freelancers to other companies. Um, so you might be on the books with one of them and then they provide, they'll phone you up and go, are you available for these dates to go and do this job? And then they'll send you out there um, for that company. 
which is good because it's kind of like less pressure and stress on yeah. yourself. You know that someone's there and that jobs are being looked for and that either way someone's going to kind of take care of you if you go down that route. Otherwise, you know people and it seems like the community is not oversaturated. So like kind of you're not yeah. worried about your next job. It's quite, it? it's quite a small industry at the moment. Um, we're all, we're always looking for, uh, I want to say fresh blood, but um, <laughs> yeah, we're always looking for new people to uh, come into the industry and uh, come into automation in particular. It's very hard to teach about it. Uh, teach people at drama school, or university, or even prior to that, you don't the whole premise of automation is that you don't see what we do. Um, we want to make everything as slick as possible and as professional as possible. So um, you don't go and watch a musical and go, oh, I can see the automation. You, you can go and see the lighting and you can see the performers on stage. Um, you can hear the sound, but you don't necessarily know what else is going on backstage. So if if people are interested in it, then or like the sound of it, then definitely go and dive into it because there's, there's nothing like it in theatre. I can honestly say it. That's saying a lot. That's really saying something incredible. Nothing like it. So you're saying that the kind of person who would go for automation is someone who... Uh, so they'd be probably mechanically or electrically minded. They like using... They like working with computers and technology, but at the same time don't mind getting their hands dirty and solving problems on the go we like people who have a good energy about them so who are willing to jump in and help others out and at the same time if someone's having a bad day then you can jump in and help them out as well so uh, the automation teams are very much that everyone works together um very well and you you sit in a particular place about it it's 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 a little bit weird to describe <laughs> kind of like a little family yeah we yeah you do become a family um you spend a lot of time with each other so you get to know each other's quirks and who's better at electrical stuff or mechanical stuff so when we do have issues certain people will jump into something more than others um and then help each other out okay so next uh, the final section of the i guess conversation we've been having is the quick fire questions oh, round hey. So, no pressure. <laughs> I'm going to throw some questions at you and you just tell me the first thing you think of. They're all theatre related and, I guess, from you, automation related as well. So, what is your favourite musical? Favourite musical, probably at the moment, Dear Evan Hansen, but it changes week on week or month by month as new stuff and old stuff pops back up. So, Who is your favourite character in a show? Probably Shrek. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Just because who doesn't love a big green beast? Yeah. <laughs> what is your dream show to work on? Uh, I probably think Moulin Rouge or something along those lines. Nice. Uh, the music's different uh, and it's probably going to be quite hectic. So, yeah, it'll you be a good nice show. You know what's nice about hearing this is that obviously it is really manual and it's like moving things and working with computers, but it's also like really loving the show you're working on and really being a passionate invested in that. I mean, you have to see it every day, so... Yeah, you do. Um, we uh, we do this thing called show watches as well, where we um, go and make sure... We watch the show from front of house just like a, an audience member does. And it sort of gives us a grounding into what we're doing each day and to just remind us of what the show is when we're not all talking on comms and trying to make the show keep going. Um, you don't necessarily see this 
we don't see the show that the audience see every day. Um, we see this whole secret world that is hidden behind um, the black curtains in the wings. So yeah. it's it's good to get a grounding and enjoy what you're working on as well. And final question, what is your best memory working in automation? Uh, probably, it's probably one of the worst bits from an audience perspective, but we occasionally have what's called a show stop where we have to stop the show because something's broken or we can't continue. And we've had a, a couple of memorable show stops on previous shows, um, which have been good fun um, for for reasons that, yeah, we can't discuss. But <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's where the big problems come up and we have to fix them as fast as possible to make the show uh, continue. Yeah, it's like the adrenaline pump. Okay, we have yeah. a huge problem. How are we going to solve it? So it's like stretching that muscle yeah. even more than you normally would on a day-to-day exactly. basis as well. And when, uh, for one of them, I, was, I sat on one of the desks, so you're watching the rest of the team fix everything around you while you are just providing them with a little bit of information. So it's really nice to watch the team uh, fix something as quickly as possible to make the show go on. Is automation on the rise then? If it is, then why? So uh, automation is on the rise. Um, it's partly because the technology is now there. It's at a stage where it's getting cheaper for us to use it in shows. But um, audiences are demanding more directors, designers, everyone, everyone who's working on a production and going to see a production uh, demands more from it, especially with the development of uh, CGI and uh, holographic stuff in in our own homes and in films um, when you going into a theatre you expect to see the best the newest um, thing and automation does help us deliver uh, those effects or those things in theatre the technology has enabled us to do stuff that we never thought would be possible before one of the theatres that's undergoing a renovation at the moment uh, Drury Lane um, used to be powered by Thames Water, by the mains water supply. They had big stage lifts uh, under the floor, and now we can put little lifts in um, with small electric motors that are the same size as a person. Okay, wait, wait a second. You said water powered, like powered by the Thames. What? How? So they were they were the first powered hydraulic lifts, effectively, um, powered by Thames Water. So the the company way back when in. 18th century but they're they're physically water powered and the operators in the basement used to have water coming out of the uh, the pistons as the hydraulic lifts were moving up and down it was the first hydraulic use of lifts in the west end i believe so there's uh, there's a couple of water doors watertight doors in the basement so the guys used to have to shut the watertight doors before they operated the lifts in case the, the basement did flood and then flood the rest of the theatre. So essentially automation and innovation have been going hand in hand for hundreds of years. Yeah, so the the development of technology and the methods have always uh, been taken from other industries. We've always adopted whatever's around us and, and made it part of our industry. Um, it's, it's part of what makes automation automation is it's it's special and in, independent and different every time it's always um, one step ahead yeah we're, we're always moving one step ahead 
I assume that most of the majority of theaters that have been here for two, three hundred years now are like, okay, we need to get get with times and get modern. So there are loads of opportunities. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So there are there's a lot of opportunities for for people to want to work in automation, and there's loads of ways of of getting into that. There's also opportunities for how we use automation now and how theatres use automation. Um, one of the things that people don't recognise about West End shows in particular is when a show goes into the theatre, there is nothing there. Um, so everything that is in Aladdin's show here at uh, the Prince Edward, we've had to bring into this theatre. So all the scenery, all the motors, all the lights, all the sound equipment, the floor, ev- everything that is part of this show we've had to bring into the theatre. So the the great thing about the technology expanding and and being developed so quickly is because it's not installed, it's temporary. We can put the newest thing into all these shows um, very easily, um, which is quite amazing and something that's not often done in other parts of the industry or other industries. So just on the back of that, do you, when the when the theater is completely empty before a show moves in, do you guys build and install you build and install everything or do you like is the stuff built by someone else and you install everything? So there's um there's different companies so the production managers for a show will take the plans to different scenery makers or um engineering firms. So there's lots and lots of them throughout the UK, Europe and the world. Um a lot of our stuff here has been built in New York and uh, over in the US and some of it was built down in Devon. Um, so the companies that build all this stuff build it to the plans. It all gets shipped over to us in London and then we build it and put it up in the order that they've created it. So for someone interested in going into automation, what's maybe three or five specific skills that they would need to have? So um, an interest in uh, electrical items, uh, an interest in mechanical knowledge or or mechanical workings of equipment. Um, We like people who can communicate well, who are uh, clear and concise. People who are uh, team players, who are are good at problem solving. We, We love people who can work well together, who can bounce off each other and make the best out of a situation. So thank you so much for joining us today. That was a lot of brilliant information. Thanks so much for coming. No, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure.